Joined now by Stephen Simcox from the uh, podcast Locked on Horn Frogs. Stephen, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Let, let's start with baseball. A, a, a couple of weeks ago, I thought TCU may be in trouble of making the tournament, the NCAA tournament, and then they come out and they get the sweep of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Just as a whole, do you, do you understand what's going on in the Big 12 Conference over the last couple of weeks? Because it seems to be crazy, in my opinion. No, I don't. I can't really make sense of it at all. Uh, you know, TCU, I, I came into that series against Tech really hoping, not thinking, but just hoping, okay, maybe getting back at home, could they steal two of three from uh, Texas Tech and sort of get back on track? And obviously they did more than that. But, yeah, it was a weird series. I mean, uh, they fell behind 2 nothing early on Thursday, and then Tommy Sacco hit a home run in the sixth to tie the game up at two, and it was like that suddenly just woke up the bats. And – you know, the crowd was really into it. It was a sellout at Lupton each day, which I think helped uh, get the team some energy and some focus back. But uh, they got it done, and they swept, uh, they swept Texas Tech. So now suddenly they're 10-5. and five. Um, And with this staggered schedule in the Big 12, they, they have the series with Oklahoma State coming up um, starting on Friday. And if they find – I mean, it's a tall task because Oklahoma State looks really good right now. But if they could find a way to – um, win that series, and suddenly they might be sort of the the odds-on favorite to win the, the conference, as weird as that sounds, because as you said, and I, it wasn't too long ago, we were like, man, this team might not even make the NCAA tournament. But, yeah, the Big 12's wild. I mean, Texas Tech, I, I know they got walked off by New Mexico last night. Um, I think getting back home will help them against West Virginia this weekend, but they have suddenly hit a little bit of a rough patch. Uh, Texas, I can't figure them out. I think they're talented enough to rip off, like, 13 or 14 games in a row, but they haven't done it yet. And they got beat by Air Force last night. I talked about Oklahoma State, and I think they are probably the most complete team in the league right now, but they lost to Oral Roberts on Tuesday, and, um, you know, they really haven't hit the meat of their schedule yet. They have TCU this weekend, and then Texas and Texas Tech looming later on in the season. So it's a crazy league. It's going to be fun to see how it shakes out over the last few weeks. I think everybody um, kind of has some issues. And it'll just come down to who can sort of figure it out. But, yeah, TCU, they're pitching sort of stabilized over the weekend. We'll see if that continues. Austin Krobe is going to be back at some point, I believe, and that should help them. But huge, uh, huge sleeve over Texas Tech. I did not expect that. And it really changed the whole outlook of their season, which is uh, crazy to say that since it was only, you know, a three-day, three-game span. But um, they kept it rolling last night against UCA as well. You, you, You brought up a great point. Early in the year, back in February, the three teams that you thought would be at the top then everybody else chasing those guys was Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State. And ironically, all three of those teams lose last night in midweek games. Yeah, it's been wild. And, I mean, you know, West Virginia is a cool story. They um, hit a little bit of a snag against Oklahoma State at home. But uh, Randy Mazie has that team playing well. They put a lot of pressure on you the way they run the bases. I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, you know, against Tech this weekend. But midweek games, they're always pretty random, Tom. I mean, you know, you've been around college baseball for a long time. It's Tuesday night. You're throwing your young guys. You don't know who the other team is going to throw because a mid-major coming into town, they they see that as an opportunity to get a, a big resume win. Um, so it's unpredictable. But it feels like Texas, they've lost a couple this year. You know, they dropped to Air Force last night. I know they dropped one, I think, to College of Charleston earlier this season. Um, TCU had some losses against uh, UTSA and Abilene Christian. Tech fell last night, and, and they're usually the team because they hit the ball so well that just rolls in those games. 
uh, Oklahoma State lost. So those those in-state midweek games or regional midweek games are always kind of tricky. But this year, more than ever, it seems really random. And I, I think it's probably about the pitching depth. It's just not there for a lot of these teams right now. You know, Texas um, thought that they had a, a great staff, and it, it's kind of been up and down. Same thing for um, TCU. They just haven't had – the, the depth on Tuesday nights to always be a factor, but it, it's pretty wild. And I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens here down the stretch in the big 12, but I, I would say we're probably not done with surprises. You know, um, it's, it's going to be pretty crazy the last three or four weeks of the season. Steven, one of the things that made Sonny Dyke successful at SMU was the transfer portal and specifically at the quarterback position. He has said that with the competition going so well, between Max Duggan and Chandler Morris so far in the spring that there's probably not going to be a look in the transfer portal for a quarterback this summer going into the fall camp. Do you, you think that that's going to be a possibility that these are the two guys that they're going to look at and, and not use the transfer portal? And why is that? It appears so. I was really surprised that he said this. I mean, I'm fine with it. I think if, if you believe you have the guys in house, and Chandler Morris and Max Duggan, then, you know, build those guys' confidence, start developing them, and move forward. But uh, the interesting thing to me, Warren, is he wasn't really asked directly about this when he made these comments yesterday. You know, he was asked about the quarterback battle, and he just kind of went out of his way to say, well, the good news is it, it seems like the, the guy that's going to be the starter is here in the room already. Um, so I was surprised that he made that statement just because it kind of – I mean, you can always backtrack, but it sort of backs you in a corner now. Um, you don't know who's going to hit the portal over the next few months, and maybe some big-time QB doesn't win a job or, you know, doesn't like the coaching staff and suddenly it's in the transfer portal, and then are you sort of, um, you know, pigeonholed and saying, well, we can't go after that guy because we didn't, you know, we, are, we already sort of made the statement that we're going to roll with the, the players we have. Um, so I was kind of surprised that he went out of his way to say it, but, you know, I think it's a good thing if, if these two players are, are playing well and understanding the offense and getting it down. Um, I think the – I would give a slight edge to Chandler Morris right now, but they're getting the reps split pretty evenly, it seems like, in spring practice. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the spring game on Friday night. But, um, yeah, I was, I was a little surprised that he made the statement. I think what it speaks to, though, as well is – you know, the portal's just, like, all the big-time quarterbacks have already sort of made a decision. And J.P. Daniels is kind of the last domino to fall going to West Virginia. Um, there's not really many guys left out there that I would say uh, could step in and be day-one starters. So, I feel like it's a combination of we like what the players on campus have been doing. Also, there's not a ton of good options out there. But, um, yeah, I was still surprised that he went ahead and made that statement just because he, there was really no pressure to do so. and He just – kind of wanted to let everybody know that it's a competition between those two guys. So I guess it's good news for TCU fans because it means that um, they're playing well and they feel confident that they can get the job done. Simi, yesterday when uh, Braylon James comes out and TCU's in his top three along with Stanford and uh, Notre Dame, the, he ultimately commits to Notre Dame. And, and that had me looking at the, the rankings and going through the 247 sports uh, composite and everything and I was looking at TCU, their 2023 class right now. You only have one three-star commit, and you're last in the Big 12. Are, are you kind of concerned about the lack of effort on the recruiting trail uh, from the Frogs? 
Yeah, I'm starting to get concerned. I mean, it's still relatively early, but you know, the last staff did this too. They would they would start really slow, and then they would add some guys towards the end of the class. But they would always use the same excuse, which is, well, you know, it's a smaller class. We feel pretty good about the guys we have on scholarship right now. We're not going to take in a lot of players. Um, but man, I mean, this this new staff, like it, it really felt like what everyone was most excited about is what they could do on the recruiting trail. And of course, a lot of that kind of got um, upended when Rashad Samples decided to move on to the NFL because he was sort of their lead recruiter. But you know, Brian Carrington um, is still there. He's sort of their chief recruiting officer. And then um, they they hired Aaron Hodges from Louisville, and he's another big time, like fully dedicated to you know, finding talent, offering kids, trying to set a culture there. But, yeah, I, I'm concerned. I mean, I think they're just not – they're not getting uh, the commit you would expect at this point. I don't think everybody has to do what Texas Tech is doing, which Joe McGuire is doing a great job on the trail. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're really casting a wide net. Like, they're just offering anyone and everyone. They're trying to get as many players um, committed as possible. They're trying to build a lot of excitement and momentum about that class, and it's working. I mean, I, I think – you know, I don't know where the rankings stand now, but I know at one point they were – like top three in the country. In the yeah, they're number one. Class. Are they number one now? Yeah, they're number one. Yeah, well, so they're doing a great job. And um, I think they have a pretty a pretty solid and pretty comprehensive NIL plan. Um, it seems like, yeah, I think it's called the Matador Club. Is They got a lot of money, and they're trying to dish out money to anybody and everybody that wants to play in Lubbock, which is smart, and it's cutting edge, and, um, I feel like TCU's a little behind in that regard, but you know, there's still time. Like you can, you can still find players. You can still get excitement going. But man, I mean, it, it seems like you're, you're sort of watching everyone else uh, get get their class together and and get the talent they want, and then are you sort of just left to pick over um, what's available? And you know, I mean, kids commit and decommit. Like just because you're committed to a school doesn't mean that you're going to stay there forever. They can put some players as well, but um, I, I would just say for a, a coaching staff that really prided themselves on, you know, being good at this part of the job, they haven't done a whole lot yet. And that, uh, that's concerning since now we're a couple of months in. Stephen, what's the biggest difference with Sonny Dykes taking over this football program? It seems like all the video I see and everything I read that the players and coaching staff are having so much more fun on the practice field than they have in previous years. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, it's it's much more open. Like, practices are open. People can come. Fans can come. Uh, you know, they've put out a lot of content on social media. Coaches being mic'd up. Uh, you know, videos from practice, pictures from practice. They're trying to make it a community experience. Um, kids are having more fun, sure. I think, listen, they're still in the honeymoon phase, right? Like, nobody's played a game yet. Um, I know there's the music at practice is different. Like the energy, the atmosphere is much different. So I feel like they're probably enjoying the fact that they're getting a little more freedom, um, which is cool. You know, if, the, if, they, if he's relating to the players well, I think that's a good thing. Ultimately, you know, we'll see what happens when they hit the field. But yeah, I think that's the biggest difference is just kind of the openness and the atmosphere there. You know, Sonny seems to be more of a player's coach. Um, he sort of values what they want. He's trying to get input and and see what you know, they want they want out of a college football program. I think they're trying to reach out to Fort Worth and to uh, Dallas as a whole and kind of be DFW's team. Um, that's, that's the brand they're trying to put out there, that they're the team of the Metroplex. And I think that's smart, you know, as much as you can make connections with those local high school coaches and local high school players. There's a ton of talent there. Try to 
try to tap into that. But, yeah, I would just say it's the, the energy and kind of the openness. He's much more available to the media. Um, you know, players have been talking really all through spring practice, which is kind of an uncommon thing. And uh, everyone's excited about it. So, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm curious to see what the spring game's like, too, because Coach Patterson was always very, very secretive. You know, he didn't want to show – hardly anything they would always kind of sit some guys out and have some um sort of mysterious injuries right before the spring game happened because he didn't want uh anybody to get a good look at what they had on campus but uh, i think sunday's gonna be much more open about you know the talent level there and it'll be more like a spring game instead of just uh, a kind of open practice for the public all right uh, what are you working on for the uh, for the podcast yeah, we're talking about that QB issue uh, that Ward brought up. Just kind of Sonny Dyke saying that he's um, he's got the guy there in house. So that episode is going to drop today. Uh, plenty of baseball and basketball coverage as well, and it's locked on Horn Frogs wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube now if you'd prefer to watch that way. And thanks as always, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Talk to you soon, Stephen. That is uh, Stephen Simcox from the podcast Locked on Horn Frogs.